0: And we're live.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me today on Becca's World. I have a couple of really important things I want to discuss today. And Keepy's going to be joining us, and I'm sure he's going to want to talk about what's going on on the comedy scene to let everybody know. Um, but, and we have a surprise guest that's going to be joining me for our second topic. So, but first, I want to talk about what is going on with Disney. Um, you know for many of us i think all of us probably who grew up here in america grew up with disney being a part of our lives and many of us like myself probably grew up loving disney and and enjoying their programming and and you know really thriving on it and i, I mean i they had they had some really good stuff in the 80s when i was growing up and um like i said i love disney and then i but i i was poor growing up we never got to go to disneyland or disney world in fact we weren't couldn't even afford the disney channel um our parents had rabbit ears for most of our childhood but we got to watch the disney channel at friends houses and stuff right so anyway and oh and then we had the disney sunday movie like we were able to watch the disney sunday movie on sundays and i loved that growing up because um, we could get that with just like on our basic, I think it was on NBC or ABC back then, right? The Disney Sunday movie. I mean, the Disney company gave us a lot of really good wholesome stuff in the 80s and in the 90s too, I think. I think it was in the 90s though when things started to change. And and I started seeing it when I was a kid. I started seeing Disney changing, right? And becoming more, more um, liberal and less Um, conservative, less family oriented and less, you know, oriented towards the wholesome things for children. And so, so anyway, as a parent, I have not encouraged my children to watch Disney programming and I've only taken them to, I took them to Disney world one time. And when I took my kids to Disney world, it really wasn't a very good experience. It was just me and my kids. And I mean, it was, it was good for, I mean, I was glad we went, But, um, like, I couldn't see my way around the park. But my kids, I've been blind their whole life. And my older son is, has always been very independent. And so what we did at Disney was, we did what we always do is my oldest son was the eyes and he was the leader. And then my younger son was in the middle and I went behind. So we walked through Disney World together that day with Johnny leading the way and he would scout and he'd say, hey mom, I see this fun ride over there. It looks like something Davey and I could do. Let's go over there. So we would go over there and then I would wait while my kids got on the ride and while my kids rode you know and then when they got off the ride see my kids were really good my kids never ran away from me when they were kids because I taught them that if they wanted to be able to go out with mom and I took them out in public all the time but I taught them that if they wanted that privilege of going out with mom and doing fun things all the time that they had to come when I said come and they had to hold mama's hand and they couldn't be pulling away and being little monsters and so, so when we went to Disney World, Johnny and Jamie and I had a pretty good experience, even though there were a lot of things that I just wasn't willing to participate in. So I would just stand while my kids did them, right? Um, but so anyway, so I loved Disney growing up. And I, I did expose my kids to a little bit of Disney, but I, I purposely did not expose my kids to a lot of Disney. Because like I said, I was in high school when I started realizing that Disney wasn't really trying to be the wholesome family-oriented company they'd been in, in my younger childhood, right? And so, so anyway, it really doesn't surprise me what's going on with Disney right now, you guys. Disney is polluting the minds of our children with the programming that they're putting out. And and they're they're using these devious methods to, to brainwash our children and to destroy our children. And we can't let this happen. And So I just wanna talk to you guys about this. And if you are a parent, if you have your children watching Disney programming, I seriously seriously advise you to check it out and see what they're watching because Disney is no longer a family friendly company. Um, And so we're gonna take a quick commercial break now. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk about how Chris Rock got bitch slapped by Will Smith at the Grammys on Sunday. And we have a surprise guest who's gonna be joining us for that discussion. So let's break for commercial, Gina. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, great news. My third book is out, Metamorphosis. This is my first fiction book. It's six short stories, and I invite you guys to check it out. Right now, it's only available in Kindle eBook and Amazon Print On Demand, but I'll have the Audible version out there ASAP. Give me a month or less, guys. And then you also can check out my second book, Changing My Perspective, It's available in eBook, Amazon Print On Demand, and Audible already. And you can check out my first book, Because You're Blind. This book is also available in Audible, Kindle, and Amazon Print On Demand. And you can order all of these books through my website, um, info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com. Okay, guys? Um, But I wanted to um, particularly um share with you guys Metamorphosis. This book, um, well, I had a lot of fun with this book because where with my first two books I was constrained because they were um, memoirs I had to stay stick to factual stuff. In Metamorphosis I was able to write more freely and so I had a lot of fun with this book and I really hope my readers will check it out. Um Anyway, you can email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com if you read it and you want to comment on it. Um, and I will have some uh, free ver- uh, downloads of the Audible version when we get it done, I'm soon, I'm sure. Um, anyway, please make sure you are subscribed to my YouTube channel and stay tuned and we will announce when we get the Audible version done. Thank you very much and everybody have a great day. Peace out. Hey, Gino, is T.P. with us yet?
2: I'm I'm in here somewhere. Am I up there?
1: Oh, okay. Hey, T.P. Um, yeah, am, I, uh,
2: can, am I in the right spot?
1: Yeah, you are. Yep, okay. you're there. Okay, okay, so T.P., we're going to talk about what happened at the Grammys on Sunday. Have you heard about it?
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. The entire community is blown up about it in the comedy world. Um, now, i i i i it's weird because i i've i've experienced both sides of the fence but um both sides of what fence i've i've been in both men's shoes
1: you've been slapped and you've been the one doing the slapping
2: yeah uh-huh yeah i've been in both men's shoes uh-huh. um um well i didn't i've never slapped anybody but i have been slapped uh-huh. um now, I, uh, when I got slapped, it was uh, I, I was I was at a bar, uh-huh. and uh, 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 um, I was already vision impaired, and a friend of mine, a lady friend of mine, slapped
1: a blind guy in a bar.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. Oh, so So, um, well, I'll tell you what happened. So, the the, the lady knew that the, a friend of mine was in there, and he was being very. Um, Disrespectful toward her. Oh, okay. And she was like, hey, uh, would you tell your friend to stop? I'm I'm not into him like that. So I walked over and I was reaching to touch his shoulder. And at the same time, my hand just kind of grazed his face a little bit. I didn't hit him or nothing. I just was reaching for his shoulder and he turned around. And before I know it, he grabbed me and said, you know how I feel about my face and slapped the shit out of me. Uh. Now, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it, you know, and I I just couldn't believe it. Like, what the fuck? Now, my first mind said, grab him back, turn him around, and do this military maneuver that would have taken his life, but I did not do that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, on the defense, now, he was out of order for that. He shouldn't have did that. Uh, He didn't even know why I was approaching him, but alcohol played a role in that. Um, Now, there was a time with my ex-wife, when we first moved from Texas back to Wisconsin, um her sister's boyfriend was at her mom's house, which was around the corner from the house that we had just bought. Oh TV. And,
1: hmm? Um oh. I didn't exactly want to go this direction with the show. Well <laughs> I mean I'm I'm just telling you
2: about it's, it's, it. I has everything to do with what happened with Will and and, and um and 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 Will and Chris? Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, the man, disres- the, 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 the man disrespected my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. She came around and she was very upset. He cussed her out, called all kind of bad names. And I went around there in her defense and we fought. So that's the way I would have That's my form of defense. Mm-hmm. What happened between Will and Chris, um, honestly speaking, first off, um, if you search or uh, find out, the uh the grammys the the the, the academy they script everything and mm-hmm. they know what jokes the comedians are telling they know everything and in majority of the cases the comedian aren't even telling their own jokes that the jokes have been written for them uh-huh. so uh they usually had a rehearsal the day before and all of those things are i put out there so from from the rest of the comedians that i've been talking to uh Will didn't have a problem with the joke the night before when they rehearsed.
1: But apparently his woman didn't hear the joke the night before.
2: No, she didn't. Yeah. So um
1: me myself,
2: I I, I, I don't look at it as Will defending Jada. I look at it at it as Will had enough of being punked by the country about how Jada's and his relationship is. I think that was just a breaking point, and Chris just happened to be the, the victim of Will's breaking point.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, it doesn't make Will right, though. Um, I think less ab- of Will behind this. Um, it was very disrespectful. I don't care what nobody says, it was an assault. Uh-huh. The The bigger man in this picture was Chris.
1: Yes, I agree. I,
2: and um chris um he did two things immediately after that, that 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 made me proud of him first thing he did was said will smith just smacked the shit out of me yep
1: that was
2: okay awesome. right now he said that out loud just in case anybody didn't know who that was came up there and did that to him
1: yeah and, I, and didn't just, right. I didn't
2: know right
1: captain right so
2: yeah so he said that out loud so that it could be documented that who did that to him because he knows he's a very smart man he knows the cameras are rolling mm-hmm. and then he thought about it and he said oh wow the greatest night in television history because see, on that night even though he was working in the whole nine yards he should have been protected by the academy now if i was in the building you mean chris should have been yes he should have been protected by the academy if i was in the building i wouldn't have been in front row because i don't i don't have that status but I, I would have never made it to that stage, that's for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You see what I'm saying? Will Smith used his privilege and his power as as an entertainer to
1: as a member of the elite,
2: right? As a member of the elite, to get on stage and disrespect that man in front of the nation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, Chris, you know he's a stand up guy to me, always has been. Um, I'm glad he didn't press charges. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have pressed charges either. But I would have went shopping for my new Bentley the next day because them lawsuits would have been going everywhere.
1: Yeah, like, I, I would definitely, if I was him, I would definitely have a good sit down with Will Smith and be like, yo, man, you just hit me in front of millions. World. Of however many people were watching, yeah. And because it was recorded, it's going to be watched over and over again. I mean, it's.
2: Yeah. That's- it's all over everything: Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> social media, uh, Twitter, uh, every- <laughs> TikTok. It's everywhere.
1: And, I mean, it. It was just one of those things, but I'm just still in shock about it. But so anyway, yesterday, Gino and my sister and I drove to visit Stormy Normie guys, and um, I don't know if TP really knows who Stormy Normie is, but Norm is the one that created our music here at Blue Butterfly Enterprises. He's one that created the music for Becca's World that our viewers hear when the videos are starting. Uh huh. And, and if you go back and look in our videos, I did, I did, I've done many videos and they're all up on, you, on our YouTube channel, but one of them is an interview with Stormy Normy about his, his journey as a blind man and his music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but anyway, during the quarantine, Norm had a stroke Oh. And so things have been really rough for him, and um, and I found out he had moved to a new place in January, but they were closed for the quarantine at the time because mm-hmm. colden, so I couldn't go visit him. And then I got really busy and wasn't really able to follow up on it again. Well, I got a hold of his sister a few days ago, and yesterday Gino and Amber and I drove over to see Norm at his new place, and while we were driving was when we were talking about this crazy situation with the Grammys. And, and Gino was talking to Amber and me about what, it's, what it is. What I'm sorry,
0: I have to correct you. You, keep, you guys keep on saying Grammys. This was the Oscars.
1: Okay, Oscars. So anyway, here's Gino Marks. Gino, can you just tell our viewers what you were explaining to Amber and me yesterday about how this shook up the whole, you know, community? of entertainment community and what it means?
0: Oh, well, I mean, I think TP was already explaining that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it did. It, it
2: still got a lot of us... I mean, see, here's the thing. Um, I do comedy myself. They, everybody knows that. Now, I write a complete set for each show. I'm prepared to perform, okay? In the event that there's somebody that got a little tipsy or had a couple of drinks or disagreed with my personal opinion on stage if they want to blurt out something they are now not no longer an audience member they are now a heckler so in the minds of most of us comedians you can either see the show or be the show because it doesn't make us any difference Mm -hmm. so what happened is is will smith opened a huge can of worms for audience members to try to walk on stage every time that they get upset or disagree with something that a comedian says you know um i promise you um, I mean, that was Chris Rock. Everybody knows Chris Rock. I mean, see, I'm heavier than Chris Rock and I'm a small man. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Everybody knows he's not built for fighting. Now, had it been T.K. Kirkland uh, or uh, uh, Steve Harvey or, uh, or Corey Holcomb or somebody like that, Will yeah. Smith wouldn't have went up there and slapped him. He wouldn't have did that because, see, one of those other comedians that's actually from the street you would have beat the brakes off of him.
1: Are you saying to me that you think Will Smith c- consciously thought to himself, I think I can take him, but if it had been another guy, Will would not have done it?
2: I know he wouldn't.
1: It looked to me like it was completely instinctual and not a conscious decision by Will Smith that he thought
2: through like that. Right. It was an instinct to attack the little guy. His instinct would have had him sit in his chair if it would have been a bigger comedian up there that's known for breaking
1: backs. I, I, I don't know how tall Will Smith is, but I know myself, like, I, I when I'm angry with somebody, I never think, oh, how big is that guy? Can I take him? I just think I'm going to go take him. And maybe it's because I've always been so tall. But I'm assuming Will Smith is tall, too. And so I really doubt he thought, oh, I can take him. He's a shrimp. I think he thought, that guy just pissed me off. I'm going to pulverize him. You know what I mean? Do you really think he Will Smith consciously thought, yeah, I can take Chris Rock. He's small enough. I don't know, TP, what do you think?
0: Oh. Becca, if you want to know my opinion just as a sighted person, uh-huh. there is a subconscious thing that goes through a man's mind when they see another man and it's in, you know, there is a sizing up. I uh-huh. highly doubt that Will Smith would have walked up to the rock, Dwayne Johnson, who's six foot five, and tried to slap him. Well. You understand? Because Chris Rock is a very small guy. Will Smith proved that he's a bully.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. He's a, I don't know how We big... just
0: lost TP, so hopefully he'll come back.
1: Okay. Um anyway,
0: but yeah, I so I would just say no. It it was in my assessment, it was a it was a conscious decision. Yes, there's some animalistic instinctual thing, but the reason I would say he made a conscious effort is because Will, Will Smith was not two feet away from Chris Rock. Will Smith is seated at a table with his wife and the people of that film. He was seated cross-legged, which means it was not something he planned. He didn't plan on getting up at that moment, right? Because his legs were crossed, okay? Which means he had to uncross his legs and walk however far distance that is to get up on that stage and walk 10, 15 feet. That's a conscious decision. He had all of that time. You gotta remember, Chris Rock is watching him come towards him and Chris Rock is laughing it off and he says, oh, he almost says Richard, right? Yeah, he did say Richard. Because he he was referring to Will Smith as his character that he was getting nominated for. So Chris Rock was really not understanding what was about to happen. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is this is not in the heat of the moment where somebody's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. To walk up to that stage Hop up onto the stage, walk another ten feet towards this man. All everything going on in, in uh, Will Smith's mind, you know, he had a lot of opportunity to stop himself. He had a lot of opportunity to rethink it. And even once he went up to Chris Rock, he could have grabbed Chris Rock by the shoulder, whispered in his ear, "Hey, man, that wasn't cool." There's any number of things that Will Smith uh, could have
2: done.
0: Right, a million things. There's a million things. He made a conscious decision before he ever got out of that chair that he was going to go up and he was going to slap him. And and he said, you you humiliated my wife, and now I'm going to humiliate you. That was a conscious decision.
1: And it was
2: all good until Jada's face changed.
0: Correct. Will actually laughed involuntarily or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, rehearsed or who knows what. But Will Smith laughed for the cameras and, you know, the camera cut away. We can we don't see what happened, the, the audience, but you could see Jada's face that she she had this look on her face that she was not happy. So Will must have looked at her, seen that look, and snap, boom. Right.
2: And 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 and, and then uh there was some cell phone footage of an angle behind Jada. And uh when Chris Rock says um Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. She laughs. Uh, Jada's cracking up. I mean, yep. it, that that just that was hysterical to her.
0: No, yeah. So no, no. so it was it was okay for him to be humiliated in front of the world like that, but but uh but a mild joke, which wasn't even an offensive joke. Honestly, Not you can all. look at it a different way. G.I. Jane was a successful movie for Demi Moore. It was a groundbreaking movie because it was women in the military. Mm-hmm. Another way is you could have looked at it as a compliment.
2: And and not just that, not just that. It could have, you know, the way I looked at it, I was like, damn, that was genius. Because a G.I. Jane 2 with her playing the part would be even better. Yep. You know, I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, G.I. Jane was years ago. Uh-huh. So if they redid, if they, re, if, they, if they made a part two or a, a sequel to G.I. Jane and mm-hmm. used uh, her for that, if they used Jada Pinkett for that, that would have been like epic.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, so they took a great idea and made it a tragedy. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, but maybe they, maybe it will be revived and become the great idea that it is. You know, maybe someone will run with
2: it. I know if I was uh, Chris Rock, I'd be suing the Academy, Will Smith, Jada Pinkett. I'd be suing, I'd, I'd be suing, uh, every, I'd be suing everybody. Valet, everybody would get sued.
1: Really, but didn't yeah. you hear his 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 sales, the sale price of his tickets for his shows have skyrocketed? Yeah,
2: so- and his um his tours are already sold out.
0: Yeah, but that, that doesn't really matter. I mean, no. The, the thing is, this he he's not going to press charges criminally, but you know, Jim Carrey released a statement, and he's absolutely right. That video is forever the of this forever. man slapping you in the face. Mm-hmm. And it number one it sends a horrible message to comedians all over the world. I, I imagine every comedian out there right now that's on tour is thinking they probably need to spend a lot of money and double their security because yeah. what happens if, if Will Smith the most famous uh, one, of, one of the most famous uh, African- American actors of our era, if he is allowed to walk up on stage and, and assault a stand-up comedian, well, that sends a message to the world that if you don't like, if you're in the front row and you don't like what some comedian says, they make fun of you, they make fun of your girlfriend, they're gonna jump up on stage and smack you,
2: mm-hmm. right? And and see, like the way I deal with hecklers, um, I mean, because it's an insult to me, the hecklers, so I I shut them down. You know, I'm a wordsmith. You know, I I I, I get it in. Uh, I'm a verbal assassin. I I, I can't put up my dupes. but i can use my mouth and my mind together and shut up just about anybody so i mean heckling that that's that's not a good thing but if somebody wanted to get out of their chair and attack me because they interrupted my show will smith just gave them the balls to do that
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, yeah. and and that's everywhere
1: and-, you
0: know, and the other thing i was going to say about will smith becca if you don't mind me uh participating right now um will smith is not a dumb person he the the irony here is that will smith if if people remember he was a comedian first he was a musician and a comedian he Mm -hmm. he started in comedic roles that's where how he got his start he knows the deal and i'll tell you a video surfaced recently of him on uh was it Letterman or um, I'm sorry? No, it was on. I uh, think it was Arsenio. Way back in the '90s, uh-huh. he's a guest on Arsenio, and do you know what he did? What he made fun of Arsenio's bass player for being bald, and do you know what his exact words were? Uh, you know, they're all laughing. He goes, "He actually said what Chris Rock said." Where Chris Rock said, "Oh, come on, man, that was it was mild." Will Smith said, "Oh, come on, man, I'm just joking." <laughs> Now, how ironic is it that Will Smith himself, when he is on somebody else's talk show platform, makes fun of one of their staff, makes this joke about what it is to be bald, and you gotta, you got to polish your head and whatever. Uh, how ironic it is that that 30 years later, he's going to assault somebody for the same joke right. about his own wife. Right. So right. Will Smith is a smart person. He's a fast person. He himself has comedic chops. He could have very easily sitting in that chair, come up with a rebuttal against Chris Rock, and and that would have been the end of it. And yeah. Chris Rock would have gotten the message that he was pissed about the joke, and people would have talked about it later, going, Wow, that was kind of a weird exchange, you know, Will Smith, you know, shouting out this insult at Chris Rock.
2: Right. I mean, what he said after he slapped him, you know, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. He could have just sat there and said that, and that would have been plenty. It yep. would have been plenty. He didn't have to get out of his chair and assault that man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It would have been more than enough for him to yell an insult back.
1: So, What do you guys think, though? Do you guys think Will Smith? I mean, he demonstrated problems controlling his anger. He demonstrated that he's not necessarily safe to be around. Is he safe for other... F- People. to me. Well, what he did
2: was <laughs> blow the stereotype out of the water about all African-American men not being able to hold their temper. What
1: do you say TB? He
2: blew the stereotype out of the water. I mean, we as African-American men already have a stereotype of not being able to control our temper. So for him to do that and lose it, it just affirms the stereotype. You know, it's to give more people. See, I told you, it don't matter how much money you give them; they're still all niggers. That's the way some people are going to abuse this. That's not right, though, TP. It's I, not that's- right, but it is what's what's happening in the minds of
0: millions of Americans. Did you guys read what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said about uh, the incident?
2: Yeah, no, I didn't.
0: Oh, here, let me uh, let me pull this up, and I'm going to read it for you because, you know, the other thing um, that. Uh, that is happened because of this. He, he, he disrespected women by by th- you know by defending women in his mind, defending her. Mm-hmm. No, he he actually um, it, it was an insult to women as well. Um, Let me see, I'm trying to find it.
2: And you know this is serious. If Kareem Abdul Jabbar spoke up, he don't have
0: much to say about nothing, right? Okay, so here, um, he said, um, with a single petulant blow, Smith advocated violence, diminished women, insulted the entertainment industry, and perpetuated stereotypes about the black community. And he's absolutely right on every point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The Oscars this year was a should have been a historic moment for women. You had three... Female uh, comedians that were emceeing the event, they were overshadowed. You had uh, a a woman win Best Director, that was overshadowed. A woman won Best Screenplay, that was overshadowed. The film Coda, which was also directed by that same woman, won Best Film, that was overshadowed. Uh, Also, you had the first deaf actor in history win an Oscar, that was overshadowed. Nobody's Rock. talking about any of these things. They're just talking about like here we are talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock. And that's and really that's sad it. for an Oscars that oh and and Billie Eilish. I'm uh, sorry, I forgot. Billie Eilish won best song. Uh, that's a young girl from uh, California. So yeah, that's
2: my daughter's my daughter's a big fan.
0: Yeah, so you know, uh, if anything all the feminists and uh, advocates for women's rights and women's equality and everything right now should be pissed and should be demanding that Will Smith... Something should happen. I don't know what. I don't agree that his Oscar should be stripped, because if we're going to do that, then you need to take away Roland Polanski's Oscar, because he's a rapist, and you need to take away Harvey Harvey Weinstein's Oscars, because he was a sexual predator as well. So, I don't believe Will Smith should lose his Oscar. He he earned the Oscar for the role he played, and, and, and for that work, and, he, and it was voted on <laughs> Prior to the Oscars, like people don't understand, they don't pick it that moment, right? Okay. This is this is voted upon months earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think something needs to happen. I think either he needs to be suspended from the Academy and pay a fine. Uh, he should be suspended from the unions for a time. Uh, there has to be some message sent yeah. that it will not be tolerated.
2: Yeah, I I, I saw um, there were um, I mean uh Michael Rappaport had something to say. There, I mean, everybody had something to say. You know, uh Michael Rappaport, he was he was furious. He said because if 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 it had been uh somebody slapping Seinfeld, it would have been a whole different outlook, you know. And I was like, wow, you know, he's he he took it away from Will and Chris. He put two white guys in the scenario and he said how it would have been totally different had it been these two white guys.
0: Well, it would have been totally different if Tom Cruise had slapped Chris Rock too. Yeah. We'd be having a serious racial discussion right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I mean, and the and the whole thing is, and the truth of the matter is, um, the truth of the entire matter is it's not who 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 is who. It's about what is what. You know, it don't matter that it's Will Smith. It don't matter that it's Chris Rock. What is right and what is wrong. This was blatantly wrong and disrespectful on so many levels. Mm -hmm. It was wrong. It was very wrong. Do you know had I did the exact same thing in a local setting, like at a comedy club or something like that, do you know I would have had to sit in jail until I uh, got bailed out and went to court for the proceedings?
1: Yeah, you know, it is pretty obvious that Will Smith is getting special treatment as a member of the elite because, yeah, he hasn't been arrested. Normally, wouldn't the state... Go and arrest somebody for doing that, they wouldn't
2: need anytime somebody. it's type some type of abuse or domestic violence, <laughs> the, the state take it right up. So, I don't know. Um, I'm waiting to, I just want to know that it turns out okay. Um, mostly for Chris,
1: yeah.
2: Um, will he, he I, you know, I don't know what karma's gonna do for him, but that's his karma to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's it's all for him to deal with and i you know all i can do for both men is pray for them um yeah. to to get back to some type of normal soon
1: but ladies and gentlemen let me tell you i've known a lot of african american men in my time and it is not typical i mean it's not uh that african american men don't lean towards violence they don't lean towards acting out in anger like this and hitting. This is not typical. So don't think, just because Will Smith did this, that this is typical of African American men.
2: Right. And then you got to understand, Will is, to me, this is just my opinion, um, since him and um, um, Jada got together, to me, Will is really like her troll. Mm-hmm. You know, he does, he agrees with whatever she says do. He does whatever she says do. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it's we we know who's in control of this relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, yeah. So they have an open marriage. That's none of my business. It ain't about open or closed or whatever. It's about who's wearing the pants, and it's definitely not Will. Mm-hmm. And if Will does wear the pants, it's because she picked them out for him. Well, but
0: let me. You know, tell- and, I, and I was going to say um, that I don't think what happened actually had anything to do with the Joker, Chris. I know it didn't. I think what she, what Jada did to him by bringing him on that venue red table a year and a half ago, or whenever it was, I think she publicly humiliated him, and uh, and I think he's dealing with some really deep uh, anger. Yeah.
1: What,
2: what happened a year and a half ago, Kino? Oh my! Um, her entanglement with August. What's his name? August Asteen or whatever his name is.
0: Yeah, her son's friend. He's a young rapper. She had oh, an affair geez. with her son's friend.
2: <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, and um, he according uh, according to you know uh the rumor mill, um, he, they she had uh they had he had permission because you know Will and, and Jada had open marriage, but he what they didn't have permission to do is start falling in love and start dating, and that's why it went from open marriage to an entanglement you know so i'm hoping that uh you know i, I actually i think will need some type of therapy because he's got a lot of hidden anger mm-hmm. and problems that he should be talking to somebody about
1: i think it's pretty clear he needs some kind of anger management classes at the very least
2: right and see, and 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 he, he like I wish I could be in charge of the situation because to show this man humility, I would have him um skid row somewhere doing community service. hmm
1: Yeah.
2: I would. I I do you you're gonna get a, a million hours of community service, motherfucker, because you need you don't forget what it's like what reality is like. You don't forget what it's like to be a real human being, a regular citizen in this country. You know, you 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 know took your privilege to another level. And yeah, Will would be, will would be working his butt off doing community service if I had to say.
1: Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, I think so. Cause, and that's exactly what people like that need. You know, people who are too big for their britches.
2: Right, he'd get up every morning and be serving bacon and eggs and sausages and mm-hmm. then had to come back in the afternoon, serve lunch. And I'd make him smoke a grill all day serve barbecue to the home and then all of this food that we're serving he's paying for that's what i would do i mean if i had that i mean because he has the money he can afford to feed the homeless for 30 days
1: mm-hmm.
2: and i would make him do it uh, you get out there for 30 days and you, you 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 help clean up skid row you feed the homeless for 30 days on skid row you get up there and you participate in the creation of the meal every morning every afternoon and every evening that'll be the tightest 30 days of will smith's life
1: hey T.P., have you heard about this peanut butter recall
2: oh no what, what what are they what are they calling it
1: now there there's some major brand of peanut butter and there's a big recall on it i saw some stuff about it yesterday and i just had another thing come over my phone about it and the thing just now said that they're finding metal pieces in this peanut butter it's some major brand and i I I don't remember what what it what the brand name was yesterday when I first saw it, and I don't want to even say it because I I could be wrong, but I think our viewers before they eat peanut butter, they better go online and see what what brand this is that's being recalled. I love peanut, right. and so.
2: Yeah, I like peanut butter too.
1: Yeah, my my dad. I mean, was, I don't
2: have it much, but I do like it. Yeah. Wow, I, I you know. I also think that, um oh, across the board, the spectrum,
1: uh-huh.
2: in this country, violence should be dealt with differently. How do differently- you I, I, instead of? I, I I think it should be dealt with a little bit more harshly than you know, uh, just a basic charge or assault or whatever. You put your hands on somebody, you should be dealt with a little bit better than that. I think that the whole, the entire discussion, the entire aftermath. Is way too mild for Will Smith.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's like he, you know, he he touches, you know, he straightened his tie and put his shirt on right, you know, and walked back to his seat and then still yell out obscenities. I mean, who does that? Other than somebody that feels entitled or privileged. Mm-hmm. And and we need to, you know, that's got to stop. So what? You're rich. You have still got to respect other people's space, mm-hmm. you know. And and I I I don't know. Chris, you had time to think about it. I know that had it been me, yeah, I probably wouldn't have pressed charges. I wouldn't have got the police involved. But them lawyers, boy, 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 I'd be like, get your calculator out, put some new batteries in it, plug it into the wall. We got some
1: numbers to calculate.
2: Secret. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe Chris Rock will do that because Will Smith can probably afford it. I know he can. I know he can.
2: You know, Will Smith, I mean, Will Smith, had had he smacked me, I'd have sued him so good, Jada would have had to support him. (laughs) He wouldn't have had nothing left. I want it all. Mm. Everything. Toenail clippings. I want everything.
1: Well, the worst thing is that, it was caught on video, and like so many people have pointed out, it will be out there forever, and Chris Rock will never be able to live it down. Right.
2: I mean, <laughs> like, I didn't get humiliated on national TV, but here it is. Fifteen years ago, I was on divorce court. I still cannot live that down.
1: I'll have to go look at that episode. I didn't know you were on divorce court.
2: Yeah. Um. If you search anywhere, Ungrateful Woman, it'll take you to the, my episode that I was on ungrateful woman
1: Mm-hmm. okay
2: yeah so um yeah and i still can't get past that i mean women all over and then it goes viral like every couple of two three months it's been doing it for 15 years really yeah right i didn't have gray hair yet and now i'm gray everywhere and uh, you know it's hard to tell it's me at first but yeah yeah Okay, well, I'll in it, it, this divorce that. court, and just look up ungrateful woman. I was on the number one episode of season ten. Juslyn Total was presiding. Uh,
1: okay, TP. So will we get? It to was insane. There too then.
2: It was insane. As a matter of fact, after the show, I'll um I'll send you a direct link so you won't have to look for it. Oh, TP,
1: that would be great. Will I get to see your ex-wife on there too then? Hmm. Oh, cool. I've never even heard her voice. I don't think you've ever even told me her name.
2: Oh, that was Rashida. My 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 newest ex-wife is Kim.
1: Oh, Kim. Oh, so you were on divorce court with Rashida? Yeah. You yeah, had children with Rashida? One. One. So which child is that? That's Tamila, my daughter.
2: Oh, your daughter. Oh, okay. hmm So it is what it is. I think that, you know, we... And then also, now I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist at all. Uh-huh. But there's a lot in the world going on. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Okay, COVID is still lurking. We don't forgot about COVID. Uh, uh-huh. Gas prices are still through the roof. I mean, what during this time when the nation shifted for one man's actions, what got slid past us that we weren't paying attention to? Something behind our back got passed. A bill yeah. got pushed. This something.
1: week, this week, while we were all up in arms about Will Smith,
2: yes, something is going to come out of the woodworks that we missed because we were all focused on something that's, that has nothing to do with our with us. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, I mean, there's there's a lot that been pushed while our our, our backs were turned. There's something happened and it hasn't surfaced yet, but I know it's gonna. Yeah. Um well I mean maybe- I mean it's like it's like I mean uh, a week ago there were Africans in Ukraine begging for help to get out of there because Ukraine wouldn't help help them get out of there. They were there on school visas and stuff, right? Oh. Now they're recruiting Africans to help fight. You said Africans?
1: Yes. Where where are they doing this at? I thought they're recruiting all people to fight, not just Africans. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, okay,
2: first Africans, well, I mean, it may be recruiting all people, but this group of Africans okay.
0: wasn't weren't
2: even, weren't even allowed to try to, they wouldn't get no help to get out of there. But well, now there, Ukraine needs help to fight. You there's... Right. There's, and they, you know, they, they wasn't providing any help, but now they're asking for help, is my point. Okay.
1: Well they maybe they should've been asking for help from the beginning because it's been going on for several weeks, right, but they but. should have helped
2: the the people, the citizens that don't have nothing to do with nothing that are from out of that country that wanted to get back out of that country seemed like they would have helped them get out of that country
1: well, I'm sure they did like there's been like there's there's millions of refugees fleeing from Ukraine, and there's people from all over the world pouring into Ukraine to help them escape and to also to fight off the russians. I, I can't right. say these words. Guys, I grew up in the 80s when when we were working on establishing peace with Russia. And now look what's going on. I can't right. the way everything has been turned upside down since Biden took office.
2: It's like right, it, that was uh set up Gorbachev this- back in the 80s, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Gorbachev and President Reagan were an, like not negotiating, but they were speaking in the eighties and they were developing peace and, you know, communication between our countries and stuff.
2: Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's I don't know. It's like each generation, the presidential office diminishes a little bit more on a world level. I mean, mean, the... That's
1: mm-hmm. of the presidential office. Say what? You mean the influence of the presidential office diminishes?
2: Yeah, I mean it's like a you know it used to be like the the greatest form of respect any man can get. You know, um, to be the president makes you the most powerful man in the world, and you know, it's, it's 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 weird to me because so we've had president after president after president after president. It don't matter what political party they're in. The world is still is in in shambles. So I want to point. You something. can't say the Democrats
1: did it. You can't so say the Republicans did it. I, I say they both did it. TP, I suspect that many of our previous presidents have also been scoundrels, like some of the scoundrels that you and I have seen in the White House in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that's changed in our lifetime is that media has has become about like. So 100 years ago, there wasn't the media there is today, right? So politicians were able to get away with a lot. And even 80 years ago and 60 years ago and 40 years ago even, it's only been right. past, what, 10, 15, maybe 20 years that that we've been able to find out what these guys are actually doing because we have this media available to us. And
2: Right. It's like the hand has always been quicker than the eye until them cameras started rolling.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um but if the media is not sharing the truth with the American people, then that's not such a good thing. And um the media did a lot of bad stuff in the 2020 election seasons. So I
2: just here's what I'm thinking. I mean, media overall.
1: Uh-huh. Look,
2: anything with a price tag, it don't matter what show it is. If it's on national television or even cable television for that matter, this show survives off its sponsors. Now, the sponsors are writing these big checks, they're they, they writing checks because they want certain advertising. And if you're not going to do certain things the way they want to, you're going to lose that sponsorship. And then without sponsorship, you can't stay on the air. So now we have a nice political agenda for the news networks, don't we? Mm-hmm.
1: Now, speaking of stuff, though, guys, um metamorphosis is out there in its entirety now and you guys can go download it from audible if you want
2: yeah gino send me a copy of that um digital link
1: yeah so i just i just need to i need to compile a list of email addresses and send to gino and then he can send out downloads to people so tp when we get off the air i'll get i'll just like have you text me your email address and i'll like the list and then if,
2: I mean it's just so easy. My email address is comedian lucas oh, at yeah. gmail.
1: At gmail, that's right. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. It's my title, Comedian TP Lucas.
1: Yeah. So
2: made it pretty easy.
1: Uh-huh. So I, I should talk some more about our visit with Norm Stormy Norm yesterday, though, guys, because I've actually had a few of our viewers over the last several months send me emails asking about Norm. And so I know I'm not the only person who, who is fond of Norm and concerned about his welfare. And so I wanted to let you guys know that I've been mentioning to Norm over the last few months when I get your emails asking about his welfare and his situation. And, and I've been telling Norm about your concerns and and I, I tell Norm that, that I can um, set it up. So he can respond directly to you guys because I have your guys' email addresses. And mm-hmm. he, he told me he wants to respond to you guys, but he's really weak right now. He's still recovering from a stroke. So in a few months, Alexa, stop. In a few months, once Norma's re- able to come over to my house again and hang out, I he can dictate a, a message and I'll have him email you guys back. Because, like I said, I've got your guys' emails in our company. Inbox.
2: All right, me, let me interrupt you real quick. Just... Just give me a second here. I just wanted to send a quick prayer out to Norm and, and ask the good Lord to to watch over Norm and make sure that uh, Norm heals fast and, and properly and, and may he uh, develop all his senses even stronger than before and and may he make even better music and get more deeply in tune, God. So please just look after Norm and, in in your name, I pray, amen.
1: Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, many of you know that Norm is a wonderful bass player. Um, he plays the bass beautifully. And um, he hasn't been able to pick his bass up again since the strokes and go see him. I mean, his spirits are rising and he is getting more confidence, but he still isn't able to use his bass yet. And it's, it's I mean, I was just there yesterday and his bass is right there in his room. But he hasn't been able to, like I said, even touch it in a while. And the last time he tried to play it, he was unable to play it. But listen, I I've been telling Norm that that he can get it back. Like I had a stroke. Many of you have probably had stroke. Strokes are actually quite common, and people can make it back from strokes by repetitive, like, practice by just practicing the skills. Like, like, I I would. I can type like crazy, right, only because I've been typing for so many years. Like when I learned to type in high school, I just made sure I always had the skill. And and now I'm an author, right? But just like my hands, I had to train them to become quicker on the keyboard. Norm can retrain his hands, and he can retrain his brain and anything else he's having problems with. And so that's why I've been talking to Norm about over these months since he had his stroke is about healing and recovering and, and about practicing to get back on his base at some point, because that's what Norm's dream is. And, and I'm
2: going to tell you what works for me,
1: What works healing for
2: and recovering. If it wasn't for comedy, I don't think I'd have made it. I, I'm going to suggest that you uh, uh, tell Norm to watch a lot of comedy central.
1: Oh yeah. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Norm- Cause comedy
2: is, it's a great healer. Laughter. You can laugh so hard you can forget about all your ailments.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. Norm, his iPhone isn't, like, I was just with him yesterday, and I was talking to him about his phone. He he can't listen to audiobooks on his phone right now. He can't watch YouTube. His, his phone is basically not set up right now. And so, and he's got his sister who's trying to find, he explained to me his sister's trying to find time to set his phone up for him. And so he can't, like, listen to audiobooks or anything. And where he's at i think he has access to maybe a little bit of tv right but i think the tv might even be in a community room at the place so oh so yeah when i was there yesterday i was just trying to find some way to you know like i said to myself well norm if if his phone was working or whatever i could have helped him log into his bard mobile app if he had his Bard log on information because you can download the Bard mobile app free in the iphone and as bard users We don't have to pay to get the books. We just have to be able to punch our user information in there. So I was going to help him do that yesterday, but he doesn't know his log on information. And he's also locked out a lot of the stuff on his phone because his sister's supposed to be doing it for him. And it's a really frustrating situation. Um, But yeah, if you guys think about keep norming your prayers um, because he is working on coming back from a stroke and, um, but I know he can do it and, I've been encouraging Norm um, ever since he had a stroke and he's really come a long way. Um, and so anyway, that's just what I wanted to say to you guys about Norm. Um,
2: Prayer's going out to Norm. He's going to do, he's going to recover just fine, Becca.
1: Oh yeah. Um, he needs, he needs to be able to get up and exercise more and where he's at He just isn't getting any physical therapy, I think. And his sister is trying to arrange it. It's really frustrating because Norm doesn't have a case manager. And a case manager, somebody who has access to all the tools and correct information would be able to get him the correct services. He just has his sister, right? And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that go through this where they have a family member trying to do things for them instead of a case manager.
2: Right. Um, yeah, and and sometimes having a family member do it is not as good as having a case manager.
1: Oh yeah, case manager is always better because like if you get a professional professional case manager on board, that case manager knows about what resources are out there and knows how to go hook the client up with them, or if they also are good at finding new resources, right? Like I. Right my own case manager over the years and I've had to be able to find my own resources and stuff and as a result I've been able to give a lot of my blind friends a lot of really good information about how to get the proper tools and and training and advocacy and stuff. Um, right. But nor, like I said poor Norm he's he's totally blind. Um, I met Norm at Savvy Services for the Blind and I don't think Norm was taking his training as seriously as I was at Savvy. Um, a lot of blind people don't take their training very seriously, and and so they miss out on a lot of stuff. And so when the day comes and their um, their Voc Rehab counselor informs them that their training's up, they got they leave the program that right then, right with right. whatever they've learned. And if they haven't put any effort forth to learn what they're being taught, then then they realized, oops, now what do I do? And so so yeah, when I knew Norm, Norm learned like he learned braille music, right? Because he wasn't oh, wow. really learning, he wasn't really interested in learning the how to use the computer to do office stuff and like like word processing and stuff. He only right. wanted to be able to play bass and he wanted to be able to read music and stuff. So he learned to read braille music while he was at savvy and and so Norm was his, was really sharp when I met him.
2: I'm gonna uh, uh, get in touch with Savvy on Monday. Yeah. And uh, see if I can uh, if they have the uh, accommodations for me to go and learn how to be a massage therapist.
1: Okay, so TP, what you need to do is you need to do you have a
2: book rehab counselor? no no, I've, I've got your information you sent me the information I
1: just haven't had time to uh,
2: see, put it into effect see, yet
1: you, you need to you need to. I mean you can go to Savvy for a tour but mm-hmm. it's really pointless to talk to them about services because you can't afford to pay for it out of pocket you have to have the state pay for it and in order to get the state pay for it you have to have your rehab counselor like sign you up for services or put you in or they add it to your plan right it's mm-hmm. all it's all very streamlined and very organized it's it's but it's technical stuff and it's all like there has to be a paper trail and that's why you have to go through your vote rehab counselor because like i said you won't be able to pay for it you'll have to have the state do it and your voc rehab counselor is the one that can do that and that's why i sent you what's his name joe sizemore's information the other day my vote rehab counselor because he's an awesome guy and i'll be
2: reaching out to him monday morning
1: Good. Yeah, reach out
2: to Joe because he can help you. Um, right
1: on. Joe and I, and I
2: appreciate that information because, um, you know, um, I've been interested in doing doing giving massages for a long time, and um, I'm. I, I I was online and um, I noticed here in Phoenix area, a lot of people are selling their massage tables. Uh huh. So I said, well, if I want to get into it, I might as well get into it properly.
1: Yep. Yeah, and so, and you know, you can go get your massage license at Sweeha, Southwest Institute of Healing Arts in Tempe.
2: Right. They, I heard of that place. I think
1: you might be where
2: I heard it from.
1: Yeah, probably. I So when I moved here, I was looking for a massage therapist, and I heard about SWEHA two times before I finally called them. And the reason it took me two times hearing about them before I called is because the first time someone said SWEHA to me, I thought they said sweetheart. <laughs> And then the next time someone said it to me again, I said, wait a minute, did you just say sweetheart? And they said, no, it's SWEHA. And they explained to me about the acronym and what it stands for. And, and so it stands for Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, and it's Suiha.edu is their website. They actually have several campuses. There's the main campus, um, the Sweeha campus, and then there's Soy, which stands for Spirit of Yoga and they have SWENA, which stands for Southwest Institute of Natural Aesthetics. Um, but you can go and learn lots of things at SWEHA. Um, and they have the first Friday of every month, they have this free open house thing they do called Gifts and Graces. And mm-hmm. so they have like um, students who previously graduated from their school who learned different modalities there. These students are allowed to come into the school on they do the gifts and graces the first Friday of every month. And these mm-hmm. students set up tables where you can go in and you can get like um, reflexology or cranial therapy or hypnotherapy or massage therapy. Just it depends on which practitioners show up because they're doing it on a volunteer basis. They're not getting paid. Right. And right. The school is opening. And, but the school is also not charging them for the space to to try to get new customers and meet people. Right. So. Right. So it's really, Gifts and Graces is a really good place to go. I've gone several times over the years just because it's always a great way to meet new practitioners and see what what new um, things people are doing out there. And I always meet really interesting people, people that are doing new and exotic things at at Gifts and Graces at Sweehaw. Um, and right there's on. very open-minded people there. And I've got a lot of training from, my, my life coach was trained at Sweehaw. Um right on. And he's
2: also my massage therapist. So well that's what's up. Well um, yeah, I'm getting ready. Uh, I got I'm visiting with my uh, mental health therapist today.
1: Okay.
2: Um is that on? Out- it's for yeah, it's online. It's uh through VA. Oh okay. I'm
1: glad the VA Yeah,
2: helped. Yeah, uh, the VA is very helpful. They they saved my life if you want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'd have made it this far without them.
1: Yeah, the VA has been really good to you, T.P.
2: Yeah, huge good. So, uh, with that being said, um, I'm gonna uh, go get ready for that interview, or oh, not interview, but that what do you call it when you meet with your therapist? Uh, a comp-
1: Is this your first interview? It would be
2: a no. I've, I've been meeting with a therapist for a few years now.
1: Oh, um, I would just call it an appointment.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna get
1: ready. Yeah. So go- because okay. I I don't
2: I'm on fluoxetine every morning, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if they're thinking they might have to increase my dosage or not. So that's what we're going through right now.
1: Hey guys, I want to let you know. So I just published my third book in December, Metamorphosis. I'm j- uh, less than a hundred words away from breaking eighteen thousand words in my new manuscript, guys. Right so on. I'm on the way to having my fourth book done. So I hope you guys are reading Metamorphosis and getting
2: ready for the next one. That's right.
1: And what's today, April 1st, right? Yep. Oh, it's April Fool's uh, Day. Hey.
2: Hey. And uh, So that means in it two weeks- I
1: Tonight.
2: Um, I In two weeks, I'll be at the Downtown Chandler Comedy Experience with uh, Talent uh, and the Friends Takeover. So make sure you guys uh, look for that in, in Chandler, uh, April 15th and 16th. At what time? Um, I believe doors open at seven, show starts at eight.
1: Okay, cool, TP. Um, well, so thank you. Are you done talking then, TP? Should I end the show?
2: Oh, yeah. We can
1: wrap. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today on Becca's World. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Blind View. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Peace out. That's a wrap, y'all.
2: Peace out. Okay.
1: Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe.